as she came to stand with him, a hand on his arm. We have already discussed fashion, horseflesh, and men, and what to wear for the tournament tomorrow, I added, and took a risk, but a small one. And when did you last address me as my lady or even cousin? Richard thought about this. I could see the workings of his mind behind his stare, tension hard in his spare shoulders. Encased in cloth of gold and enough ermine to coat four score of the little creatures, he looked like one of our grandfather's knights got up in frivolous costume for a twelfth night's mummer's performance. Pride held him rigid, until he took a step back onto the dais, so I must look up into his face. Elizabeth will be my friend, Queen Anne murmured, as she is yours. Of course she will. Do we not order it? Richard. You cannot treat her like a diplomat from Cathay. You have known her all your life. She will be my friend, and to me she will be Elizabeth, even if you continue to address her as Countess. And how foolish that will sound. Now greet her properly, my dear husband. And when Anne stepped up to kiss Richard's cheek and laughed openly at him, so did he smile, and all the tension was broken. Welcome, Elizabeth, he said gruffly. I am so happy for you, Richard and we were restored to a close-knit family group. The days after the fright of the attack on the tower had not been easy for any of us, but now all was smoothed over. A new year and new beginnings with this foreign bride, leaving my husband to continue his growing up at Kenilworth. I had come with Henry to Richard's marriage celebrations. How it pleased me, this new delight in outward appearances, in feasts and dancing and ceremonial. And as close family to the king... Henry and I had been given the honour to receive the new Queen into London, in the cold of days of January. My father, too, was restored to Grace, escorting her from Dover to London. The dire lash of Walshingham's tongue against the Duke, who had brought all the evils of defeat and rebellion tumbling down onto England's head, had been obliterated by Richard's acceptance of the family closest to him. Not that I was without complaint. It was not in my nature to be content. How could I be so, for here we were, celebrating a potentially happy marriage, which I did not have. A marriage in more than name, and promises for the next decade. Despite the remarkable headdress she was wearing, surely hot and cumbersome, Richard was beaming at the new queen, as if he were already in love with her, while Anne, undoubtedly pretty, knew how to manage Richard's strange humours. Dante continued to be more enamoured of his horse, his tiercel, his new hauberk since he was growing like a spring shoot, and even a pair of shoes with riskily extreme toes that caused him some loss of dignity than he was of me. "'We will talk after supper,' the Queen said, a gleam in her eye. "'Come to my room, Elizabeth, and see what I will wear tomorrow when I am Queen of the Lists.' She tugged on Richard's arm. I think it would be an excellent idea if you choose Elizabeth to step into my shoes for the second day. She is my cousin now, is she not? I think I will do whatever pleases you on our marriage day. Then it is decided. Richard took his wife's hand, regarding her as if she were some precious object that he had acquired and must keep safe from harm or disappointment. We must speak with my uncles who are waiting to greet you. Then to me as the musicians tuned their instruments, looking over my shoulder to whomever it was who had approached. I'll leave you in the care of my brother. John, come and entertain Elizabeth, and if you don't wish to talk to her, you can always dance. I'll guarantee she'll not tread on your toes.
and to me, with a strange slide from ceremony to rude familiar. My brother has a reputation for entertaining beautiful women, but don't believe all he says. With a particularly unregal smirk, Richard led Queen Anne to the little knot of Plantagenet uncles of Lancaster, York and Gloucester, who stood in an enclave, deep in discussion. This marriage was not popular with everyone. Anne had proved to be an expensive bride, with no personal dower worth mentioning and few diplomatic benefits for England. Meanwhile, a soft laugh reached me, stilled me. Slowly I turned, knowing who I would find. Here, filling my vision, was my father's old cheese riddled with maggots. A less appropriate comment I could not envisage for this courtier, resplendent in court silks, heavy with gold stitching, impeccably presented from his well-shaped hair to his extravagantly long-toed shoes.